So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Everybody's been down, hit the bottom, hit the ground. Ooh, you're not alone. Just take a breath, don't forget, hang on to his promises. He wants you to know, you're an overcomer. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational and informational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guests will bring you important insights and information, helping you make better decisions through this process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, and give you hope. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now. And here's your host, Christy Stratton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm Christy Stratton, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you are considering divorce in the midst of it or coming out of it, this is the show you'll want to listen to. You know, divorce seems to affect everyone in some way. It can be an overwhelming life event, not only for the person going through it, but also for friends and family of those divorcing. We're here to walk the path with you, bringing you specialists who can help you make better decisions, provide you resources, and give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that, frankly, can bring out your worst. Today, we are joined by Dr. Rob Pennington. He's a psychologist, award-winning speaker, trainer, and author. And I have to share, I'm so lucky because he's a friend of mine and whom I met through the National Speakers Association. Rob speaks about successfully managing change and conflict in addition to many other topics, but this is the one we're zoning into today. We will be talking about successfully managing the stress of changes, and we will learn ways to recognize it and move through stress quicker. Who does not want that? (laughs) I know you'll want us to jump right into this because after all, divorce can bring on some of the most intense stress we've possibly ever gone through. So I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Rob Pennington. Hello, Rob. Glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited about the opportunity to help make a difference for those in your audience. And I know that you will. And, And tell us a little bit about you and why you... Why do you deal in stress? Why do you help people? I don't like stress. stress. You don't don't like stress. I better learn something about it. And what I found is that that was helpful to a lot of people. Uh, So I started out doing counseling, primarily in relationships and marriage. And and stress was always the key thing. I mean, stress is any time we don't like whatever's going on, we're going to experience stress. That can be often. It can be many, many, many (laughs) times during the day. So most of us are pretty good at what I would call our automatic stress reaction. Mm -hmm. We tendency to hold our breath, tense our muscles, have self-doubt, think negative and get serious. And we do it all during the day. All the time. Well, what can we do to not do that? That's a good question because I think we have this assumption we could stop that. Right. And I don't think that's really true. I think we have a habit of it. So the goal is not to not have any stress. The goal is to learn how to recognize it quicker and move through it faster. That is something we really can practically do. We can practically do can do that. Yeah. You know, I so I, I just got something there that you said, okay. The goal is not to get rid of it. We're not going to get rid of it, but we're going to 
learn how to work with it practically. So you can learn how to move through it really quickly. You can learn how to move through it. Okay. And that's, you know, actually we we've, I've I've done a little bit of research on your background and I know you shared some things and the fact that we know each other, I've, I've seen some presentations you've done and, and what is one of those most important steps that can help us, you know, as you say, speed through stress? Well, the simplest, easiest is just take a deep breath. You know, the old count to 10 kind of thing. Everybody Everybody breathing. Yeah, (laughs) because just by doing that, you are exercising some control. So a lot of times our stress is things we're not in control of. And so we have a habit of responding by getting worse in a way. But taking a deep breath is a beginning first step, but it's not enough. Right. So the next step is to relax completely. Yeah, and that's a tall order. That's true. You have to practice doing it when you're not stressed. You have to practice relaxing. Yes. I, I see a little, you're, you have a little cup there, and it says relaxation is an art. It's sleepy yes. with practice, stuck practice, on. practice. Practice, practice, <laughs> practice. And so uh, if you're going to do it in the moment of something stressful, you got to do it when nothing's going on. Okay. And okay. most of us don't give ourselves the time to do that, to just step back, breathe, relax, learn how right. to take tension out of the muscles of the body. That's a skill that's learnable. And then the next thing is reassure myself about my value, but also about that I can handle whatever the challenge is. So we get stressed because something's happening and we don't know how to handle it. If we knew how to handle it, it wouldn't be stressful. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so, okay, so we're here at the Divorce Coaching Hour, and we're talking about divorce. And, you know, I've been through divorce. and me too. I know, yeah, And you have been through divorce, and many people have been through divorce or touched by it. It can be a really stressful time. Oh, painful. Yeah, really painful. So sometimes, so I just heard you say a couple things. Breathe, relax. This, be sure that, that, be sure. Whoa, I'm in kind of like, you know, uh, a place where I can't even, you know, even, I think I've forgotten how to breathe. What do, what do we do when you forget how to breathe and you've got all that going on? One of the best things is to write. Write, okay. Write how you're feeling. Ah, okay. Okay, it stops the snowballing of it. It gives you a place to review it and think about it. But a lot of times in relationships, one of the major causes of stress in relationships is misunderstanding. Mm, Okay. So, I mean, just to ask a question, there's no correct answer. What percent of conflict, disagreements, arguments do you think might be because of a misunderstanding? Uh, um, I guess all for most of us, yeah. <laughs> and so, what percent of the conflicts is because of a misunderstanding? Is because we misunderstand. Mm-hmm. Probably we think zero. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and so th- th- that's probably not accurate. You know that we do misunderstand. We do make assumptions. For instance, when someone says "I love you," we assume that they mean the same thing we mean when we say "I love you," and that. I mean, there's all different. They hey, I love a, you, man. They or, came from a different family. Right, right. And, and their okay. family definition of that may be, you know, you let me know when you're late. Or it could be, you know, you um, make the toilet paper go this way instead of that way. So, so there are a lot of things here, and I'd like to unpack them, and we've got a good amount of time to be able to do that. Thank goodness, because I think that this is going to be so helpful to our listeners. And so... We're talking about this topic called stress and specifically in divorce, but it's not just in divorce. It's in lives. It's in careers. It's in every day, as you said, we go through it. So what are some of the major sources of stress? Now, I just want the listeners to hone back in if they missed at the beginning. 
Dr. Rob is a psychologist, and he's got these years and years and years of working with people and understanding not only uh, <laughs> not only from his clients and patients and so forth, but his own personal experience. But so let's dig into that. And what's the major source of stress? Well, people that you've think seen? it's about not enough time and not enough money. Okay, but it's really about the struggle in relationships, and that is. Only really about when we have a disagreement. Mm. There's no problem in relationships or stress when we're agreeing. Right. So it's only when we disagree. When they're on our page, right. they're seeing the way that we want to see. And one of the <laughs> major challenges I, after doing 30 years of marriage counseling is people don't, when they get married, clarify what they are agreeing to. Mm. Okay. Just that you love me and I love you seems to have done it, where there's so many aspects of our life that we're creating a, a partnership with and partnerships are defined by agreements you know you wouldn't create a business partnership with anyone with like a, a legal document marriage is a legal document and it should have <laughs> and it's not in the legal document but it should be in what we're what are we agreeing to well we think we're you know agreeing to hearts and flowers and love and emotions yeah. and hey I love you you look good I'm going to go get married. Somewhere on the internet there's a book about you know 365 agreements. Uh, uh, you know that you need to look at. On yeah, on and a daily answer basis. the question for <laughs> each other. You what married. do you want? Right. What do you want? Because the chances of us wanting the same thing are like zero right. about everything. So there's some things we're going to have differently and if we don't talk about this up front when we discover those differences Oh, you don't want to go with me when I have to change cities with my job? Oh, you don't love me. Oh, oh you don't want to go out with me with my friends like we did when we were dating? Oh, you don't love me. Oh, you don't want to participate in sports with me like you? you don't. So we get into very quickly, you don't love me. So tell me one thing. I know we talked about breathing in, and we're going to be coming up to a break. Believe it or not, these segments go so fast. It's just hard to believe that. But... So we, we're talking about these agreements not matching from the get-go of the beginning of the marriage. And you, I had heard you say some things. There are some things that we can immediately do to reduce stress. So let's think about the people that are going there. They're either considering divorce. They're in the middle of it. They're coming out of it. And I know breathing. You said writing. but Get, get coaching. Get counseling. Get coaching. Get, get, get a referee. Get, you know, <laughs> get, a, get someone who can help you each hear each other and oh. hear what are those deeper meanings because the emotional intensity that you have makes it really, really difficult to actually hear what someone's saying because you hear the tone in their voice, et cetera. So those are real, real important. I have a website, SuccessfulWorkRelationships.com, which has some models that are very powerful, three questions to end conflict. And say that website again? Successful Work relationships.com. And that's can apply to it's any relationship, marriage or otherwise, right? Six stages to reach an agreement. Yeah, I mean, all the work that I do with corporations grew out of my work with marriages. Ah, because it's not really that different, right? No, I, I'm just a, a communication <laughs> traffic cop. Okay, wait a minute. Don't say that. Okay, you talk. Okay, now to finish your thought now. Okay, now it's your turn. And that could take us on a whole nother little part about relationships, that traffic cop in the relationship, right? Yeah, but so, the two people in it can't be that. No, that's not good. That's not good. Well, we're talking about stress and how to reduce stress, but we are going to talk about, as we come back after this first break, 
Amy Castro is with us, and she is a pet specialist. And you might be going, divorce and pets? How does that work out, right? How does that work out? Well, we're going to talk about separating the pets and divorce, but also how they can help us reduce stress. So stay with us for a few commercials. We'll be right back with Amy Castro. And everybody's lost If you're in over your head Lift it up Meet the classiest guys in real estate It's Chris Kelso, the maestro of mortgage And Rob Cook, the godfather of real estate And together they are the Real Estate Rat Pack If you're buying or selling real estate in the greater Houston area The Rat Pack is the preeminent source for everything you need to know Listen to the Real Estate Rat Pack Saturdays at 9 a.m. right here on KKHT. You've heard them say location, location, location. This is Bill Nampick with Real Estate Matters with Stewart Title. Our new time location is Saturday at 10 a.m. on 100.7 FM. The word, that's right, we have a new time, 10 o'clock a.m. Saturday. Each and every Saturday, we will continue to inform, entertain, and even inspire with tremendous guests. Real Estate Matters with Stewart Title. Bill Nampick inviting you to join us Saturday at 10 a.m., 100.7 FM. are back and we were talking about agreements probably a good idea to have the agreements made up front before a marriage starts yeah (laughs) our next guest is a pet specialist and you might be wondering what does pets have to do with divorce well a lot today we'll talk about remembering another part of our family who faces those same changes in divorce, are pets. And we will also talk about how pets can bring us great comfort and reducing stress through this time. Amy Castro is here with us. She is a communication expert, customer service expert, um, also a management expert, a speaker, author, trainer, and animal advocate. She is president and founder of the nonprofit Outreach Rescue, Rescue Group, Starlight Outreach and Rescue. She's also published a published author and many, a matter of fact, I'm holding a book in my hand right now of hers, Practical Communication. But she also writes for some pet magazines, Pet Age Magazine, Pet Boarding and Daycare, Pet Vet Magazine. Her p- passion for working with animals started some years ago. And here, this is really the telling point. Amy has personally fostered more than 500 abandoned pets. I know you pet lovers out there are just absolutely loving Amy right now. You haven't even met her. (laughs) I think she knows just a little bit about pets. Yes, I am equally delighted to bring on Amy here to the show. I'm lucky also to call her a friend. And I met her also through the National Speakers Association. It's National Speakers Association Day here at the Divorce Coaching Hour. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. I so am glad that you're here. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm uh, interested in talking more about pets and divorce because I see a lot of that in my work as a rescue person. What happens to pets when people can't work it out? Yeah, you know, that's just coming up. And I, and you just saying that I haven't really thought about it before. But do you know the percentage of abandoned pets that it is because of divorce? 
You know, I, I can't say specifically. I would say, you know, as far as breakups in general, whether it's marriages breaking up or roommates no longer living together, we, we do see a lot of people that come into the shelters that they're getting a pet together. But my in the back of my mind, I'm always wondering, whose pet is it going to be? And I right. think that's where people get into trouble down the road. So I you know, don't have an exact percentage, but definitely I see a lot of it. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that because you, th- you think – you know, how could somebody leave a pet? But you've got all these life changes. Somebody goes, you know, overseas, somebody changes jobs, they get transferred, they get divorced, they get together, they get broken up, whatever that may be. I'm even drawn back to back in the day when I was in college, not too many long years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, I know, me, me too, me too. Um, uh, and, you know, a significant other at that time gave me a pet, a cat. It was a super cool cat. His name was Wiley. Um, and I ended up keeping him. But that I'm the type that, like, I'm going to get a pet. I'm going to keep a pet, right? Right. But I didn't even think about that. And and so how divorce can even affect there. So let's dig into this. We were talking in the first segment about agreements and agreements being talking about relationships. And so when we get into a relationship, um, you know, oftentimes we get in, especially a marriage. Oh, you know, you I feel good with you. I love you. Get Let's get married. I feel good with you. I love you. Let's get married. And we don't think about all the elements of our relationships that we need to make agreements on. Uh, Dr. Rob was sharing earlier, you know, oh, you don't want to go with me to my next job in another city? Oh, you don't love me then, right? But we haven't talked about those things before we got married. Oh, well, you you said you liked my dog when we were dating, but now you don't and you want me to get rid of them? You know, mm, how... How do you handle that? One, and I don't want to stack questions here, but the other question, if we can parking lot it for a second, what does that do to a pet when they are separated from their family? So which question would you like to go with? Well, let's <laughs> let's start with the dealing with it. I think okay. it starts when, you know, before the relationship begins to decide who is going to do what related to the pet. You know, in most relationships, there's going to be one primary caregiver for that pet. True, true, um, true. But that also... You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that that pet is just bonded with that one person. That pet could be bonded with the other person because they're the ones that give all the love and affection and cuddling and dog walking, you know. Not to mention the kids. That's right. That was going to be my other thing. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. When there's children involved, you know, looking at how bonded are the children with the – with the pets and also how much care do they provide for the pet. And that's that's how how pets – basically build relationships with humans who who provides care who provides affection who provides the leadership who gives in, me food that's right the food, the food is the food <laughs> the, is the big the one the food is the winner <laughs> definitely food trumps other things yes yes for yes. sure and if you don't give it to them they're on your little my my little one who had to depart from this earth uh, back in January, she definitely would let me know when she didn't have her dinner ready. That's right. Yeah, so <laughs> thinking about that and talking about that before you start a relationship and just, and then even maybe having those conversations like you would if you were doing a prenuptial agreement for your marriage itself, include conversations about the pets so that it's not a last-minute knee-jerk reaction to fight over a cat or a dog or right. a goldfish, whatever because it might they're be. A, I, I call mine like little life and I, I, I'm just that way. I mean, I see any, eh, maybe not snakes and spiders, but I, I see <laughs> them and I think little life, right? And, and maybe not roaches either. But um, I think about that and what I'm really 
hearing as as a divorce coach, we're we we're your thinking partner, right? And so this is an area that we need to give thought to, not only at the beginning of a relationship, but if we are considering divorce, we need to think about really what's best for the pet I'm hearing, what's best for the family involved, and have that conversation and create some agreement. But it would really be you know, would benefit all of us kind of an exit strategy if in the event that there is when we don't want that to happen with marriages. Right. But, you know, if something ever happened to me, whether it be divorce or death or debacle or whatever that may be, what are we going to do about the pets as well? We definitely and we need to be thinking about children as well. But um, so you're a communication expert yes. to, for the most fo- most part here. And we've got a book here called Practical Communication, 25 Tips, Tools, and Techniques for Getting Along and Getting Things Done, right? And so what I'm hearing here, this really book and what your expertise can do is not only help us in communication as humans, two-legged peoples, you know, our four, four-legged humans, that we, if we can use some of your tips in communication, it can help us create that dialogue to care also for our pets. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's about clarity. It's about getting to the point. It's about being honest about how you feel um, and and not letting emotion take over the whole situation. I've seen too many things where people are fighting over a pet that they, in the end, don't really want. And then the pet ends up in a shelter or, or shoved, shoved aside because it was about winning, not about the best interest of the pet. And the bottom uh-huh. line is you want to make it about what is best for the pet, wherever the pet ends up, whoever the pet lives with, because they feel the same stress and anxiety when their life is in a turmoil. And they do feel that when you when people are going through tumultuous relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you just said something winning. It's about and as a divorce coach, we really work with our clients to help them get out of the story of divorce. And mm-hmm. this is a little, this might be a little rough on the ears, but the business of divorce, and we don't mean it like a business, but we're we're getting out of the emotion and looking at it. And it's not about winning. It's about really stepping into your best self and making the best decisions for everyone. Right. And then the other thing that popped up there, um, talking about the pets themselves and the stress that they feel they don't show us that that stress necessarily um they're really good hiders of that what are some indications that you know our listeners could um maybe so-called read in their pet's behavior that would help us know that something is affecting our pets whether it's a divorce or something else that's going on critically in our lives that's that's a great question and animals are excellent at hiding their stress because i mean that's that's nature if if an animal is injured or stressed or experiencing some kind of some kind something like that in their lives they become prey you know out in the wild mm-hmm. and so there's an instinctive thing in animals to hide that fear anxiety pain whatever it might be okay. so things that i would watch for in pets would be you know changes in eating you know, mm-hmm. like you said, they're all about the food. So if your pet is suddenly not interested in his or her food, eating less, um, you know, seeming lethargic, things like that, changes in their behavior, like eliminating in the house where your dog mm. was totally house trained before or your cat used the litter box before. And now suddenly Kitty is and, and sometimes they'll actually 
poop on people's clothes, things I, like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, I think mm-hmm. they might be angry at you. Mm-hmm. So those types of changes in behavior, because animals are such creatures of routine. I mean, you probably know it. And, and I think oh, you said yes. it. When your dog knew dinner time was coming up, they'll go sit by that bowl. So <laughs> oh, yeah. they know when something's up and the schedule is off. They I know when you're my, packing to leave. My little Pavlovian <laughs> doggy. I mean, right. shoot my Pavlovian puppy because she just knew it. It was, you know, the sun was coming down. It was bedtime. The sun was coming up. It was even though I might have not wanted to get up. Right. Um, you know, so when we're the, the pets suffering in this sort of situation, is this something that uh, the the owner can maybe make some adjustments or do some extra things? Or is this a time to go to the vet and have the dog or the pet or whatever pet it is checked out? That's a good question. I think it depends on how severe the uh, the symptoms are that you're at least seeing in your pet. I think we can start by just trying to keep, just like it said, not to equate people's children with pets, but just like the children would need that routine and that feeling of security in a tumultuous time in their lives, pets would need that too. So sticking to routines is going to be especially important. Exercise is incredibly important and you can exercise your cat, you know, play with toys, things like that right. so that they can burn off some of that stress and energy. And then I think, yes, I think if, uh, if it gets to the point where you've got a, a pet that is showing extreme physical symptoms, especially if they're not eating. I mean, that's something that can be very dangerous Mm -hmm. in dogs, but especially in cats. Um, Then that would be a time to talk to your veterinarian about what's going on and what you can do to help your pet. And these are things we may not even think about it. And believe it or not, we are coming up to another break, but we don't don't go away. Amy and both Rob are going to be coming back and we're going to be talking about more of the communication, uh, communication that can help us with all aspects of you know the the as my as my brother who's a family law attorney here in Houston says the untying of the knot i often will say the uncoupling so you're not just uncoupling two people you're uncoupling so many different elements of uh, of a life that's been coupled together that have been tied together including the pets and if the pets are showing those signs uh, of stress, what we can do for them. And what I heard in there, there's some of the same things that Dr. Rob was talking to us about That's earlier. Right. Is, I don't know that we can make our pets breathe, but I have been known to look at my little one and go, <laughs> make a purr. <laughs> but taking care of them. But this is another element to think about in the marriage. So you guys stay tuned. We are going to come back with Amy Castro talking about pets. But oddly enough, about communication at the same time, because she's an expert in both. And Dr. Rob Pennington, an expert in stress. Stay tuned. Come back and hear this. This information is going to help you through this time of your life. And we'll be right back. Let's wake this crowd up. I got a hankering for something special. Here's today's two-minute tip, courtesy of the CDC Certified Divorce Coaching Program. When I faced divorce, my brother said to me, don't go down this path if you aren't ready for it. I didn't understand what that meant. And I wish I had. I definitely understand it now. It wasn't a fun path. So with Care For You, someone who might be considering divorce, I want to share some questions that I urge you to seriously consider before you take any steps towards divorce, including bringing up divorce in your marriage. These questions, when answered truthfully, might just change your thinking about where you are in and what you want for your marriage. Here they go. Do you still have feelings for your spouse? Bottom line is that you don't want to get caught up in a situation like divorce and then realize you've made a mistake. If there's any love left, seeking couples therapy is the step you need to take, not divorce. 
Is divorce what you want, or are you just threatening divorce? Are you threatening divorce out of frustration and to get your way or as a means of having power over your spouse? If it is solutions are what you're looking for, threatening divorce will not get you where you want to be. You need couples therapy for that as well. What's motivating you to divorce? Are you hoping that a divorce will mean your spouse will start treating you better, that they'll change because they're afraid of losing you? So if so, you know, you're divorcing for the wrong reasons. Divorce will only promote conflict, not resolve it. And number four, last but not least, have you thought about the negative consequences of your divorce? And this is the one thing that I really wish that I had thought through. And you may want to as well. Divorce can mean the loss of dreams and goals and a lot of pain for years and years and years for your family, for you, your children. It could mean the loss of possibly half of your net worth, if not more. It can mean things that you could not begin to imagine. I know it happened to me. We are not here to give you legal advice. We are here to help you think through this decision, just like marriage. Divorce is one of the biggest decisions that you may make in your life. It deserves your most careful thinking. Listen each week for another two-minute tip, all to support you or you you know who is going through divorce, and share this episode with those who will benefit. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton, and back here each week, Saturdays from 1 to 2 on KKHT. And we are back with Amy Castro and Dr. Rob Pennington, and we've been talking about stress and pets and divorce. And you might be thinking, what do those three things have to go together? How are those, how do those fit as a three part? Well, they fit because we have to think about pets and divorce as well. And, and we were talking about these agreements and we were talking about how we decide who gets what pet and, and, there's emotions that come up in that. And Dr. Rob, I would say that, uh, that there might be a little stress around that. So with pets and emotions and stress, how do we, how do we think through all of this? Understanding how it happens in the first place is real important. Okay, tell us more about that. Well, how we think okay. affects how we feel. How we feel influences how we behave. And how we behave produces results in our life, in our relationships, in our career, in our finances, in our health. But that kind of waterfall effect of thinking, affecting emotion, now that's true unless you have some chemical or neurological damage that can just create an emotion. Otherwise, you don't have an emotion without a thought preceding it. The problem is we use the intensity of our emotion as evidence of the truth of our thinking. The more upset I am, the more right I think I am, and we even use our emotional upset as evidence of how right I am, and we try to use it with other people, and uh, it's hardly ever actually the truth. Wow. Okay, so you've said a lot there, and what I'm still kind of back at the very beginning is, okay, so it's because of what I understand but it's because of how I think is what I think I heard you say, right? Well, yeah, we, we have two types of thoughts, okay. um, <laughs> positive and negative. And, right? <laughs> and we think they're all true, or, uh, we, or we wouldn't be thinking them. 
Okay, so let me see if I'm tracking here. Uh, I say something often about this. We we all have different perspectives, right? But we all think our perspectives are right. Just turns out that 95% of our perspectives are wrong. Right? Well, I wouldn't say that many, <laughs> but still more than we think. More than we think because we can only see what we can see when we see it. Right. Or or understand it, because there's a little thing that I think I may know and you can you can corroborate this, Dr. Rob, is the RAS, the reticular activation system. And we that that has something to do with, again, kind of going back. We can only see what we can see when we see it. Uh, A story I tell about is, you know, you decide to go uh, buy a car. And everybody is, um, you know, all of a sudden you decide, okay, nobody's driving this car. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go get this cool car and I'm going to go down to the the, the car um, place and I'm going to go get that car that I've been thinking about. Nobody else has it. And I'm going to get it. And I'm going to drive it out. And guess what you end up seeing? Everybody else has the car, the car, right? Because I haven't seen it. But I thought I was the only one because I haven't been able to see it is that am i tracking there? no there's something is, called cognitive dissonance i spent a lot of money on this car therefore i did a right thing and look at all the other people who were so right to buy the same car so it, it reinforces my investment and decision to see that and yes in fact we do see more of the same kind of car than we did before when we so, have that awareness yeah. so if we can so if that awareness is so key and it starts with our thinking how do we change our thinking dr well, rob um that's the $64,000 question because... <laughs> well, we, we look even, at it. Anybody want to find no, that? I'm going to give you the answer. <laughs> okay. uh, it's worth that much. <laughs> so we don't know which of our thoughts are right and which ones are wrong. Okay. In reality, we just believe them all. Right. So I'm not suggesting you question all your thinking. That would just paralyze you. But a good time to maybe consider the possibility that something I'm thinking may not be true is when someone's telling me that I'm wrong. So when your spouse disagrees with you, your initial reaction for most of us is to argue back. And now we're in our corners and who's right and wrong and who's going to put more emotional pain on the table to win the argument, Um, as opposed to being more curious. So the way I think about it is my personality is defined by two things, the lessons I've learned and the lessons I haven't learned. And all my stress is a result of unlearned lessons. So I don't know really how to well to deal with arguments and communication i need more of amy's communication skills and training right (laughs) so i can learn how in the moment of an upset to hear what someone's telling me that actually might be more right than all my emotion tells me so i'm hearing there i heard a lot of things so if we if we can identify our thinking we go back and we pull in what you said at the beginning of the show we breathe and we realize okay it may be let me be curious about my thinking and let's have a practical communication about curious, the thinking. And be curious why the other person has a different thought. We're right. very rarely curious about why they think differently. And, 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 and that's not a bad thing is what I'm hearing. Is it a, is a bad thing not to be curious about why they think differently. Right, but it's not a bad thing to be curious about why they think differently. Oh, that's right? a good thing. It's a good that, thing, That can right? save your marriage. Yeah. And so one <laughs> of the things I also think in here, I, I think you might have referred to, I've shared, I've talked about Amy's book here, and I'm holding yours, Dr. Rob. <laughs> Find the upside of the downtimes, how to turn your worst experiences into your best opportunities. And I think there might be something in here that we're talking about that you learned in marriage 
kind of how to be curious about the other person's perspective. Do you have any stories you can tell us about that? So many painful <laughs> stories where I didn't listen, where I wasn't curious, where I just immediately acted on my own emotion. And I think that destroyed my first marriage. Um, ah. Pretty much that was my role in that. Uh, and it took me a long time to realize that I had something to do with how I was feeling. And when someone, in my mind, triggered my emotion, that didn't mean they made me angry, but that I was having a reaction that I didn't know how to deal with. And I learned that if I could just breathe and relax and reassure myself, you know, gave me enough time to ask some questions like, what is it you want me to know? <laughs> oh, so listeners out in, there, that's a good question from that curious mind. Yeah, what is, he what is it that you want so, me to know? So I have three questions on that page, SuccessfulWorkRelationships.com. Okay. One is, what is it you want me to know? The second one is, is there anything else? What's the chances there's something else? I love that question. Anything else? What else? <laughs> yeah, and, and I want to get to the bottom, and that is, is that all? I, want, I don't want to tell them that I understand. I want them to tell me that I understand. So because for, they're telling themselves. Oh, them. and you just, there's, there's the $64,000 answer right there as it goes back to what we were talking about, the agreement, right? And so, Amy, if we take that from, uh, so the listeners know we've been talking with Dr. Rob Pennington about uh, emotion and stress and relationships and divorce and marriage and all of that. And we're talking about, um, uh, with you, Amy, practical communication because you're a communication expert but at the same time, you have a passion for pets. And there's some communication that goes on with pets and about pets, right? Definitely. <laughs> and, and and some emotions with that. And so um, what's coming up for you with regards to what we're talking about here with understanding and communication? How could we maybe get to those agreements better? You know, maybe it's about the pets. Maybe it's about the marriage. Maybe it's about, I don't know, uh, with some of your tips from practical communication. You know, I think um, not, you know, going through the process, like Rob said, and, and processing your emotions, but then being able to get to a point where you can have a, a logical and straightforward conversation about the pet. So maybe it needs a little bit of a cooling off period and not not putting the pet in with a, at the end of an argument to kind of throw that in. And yeah, no, by the way, I'm taking the dog kind of thing. <laughs> maybe there needs to be a whole separate conversation about what's going to happen to the pet. Um, and not throw in the kitchen the kitchen sink. I also think you know the idea of taking a step back from your own thoughts sometimes. You know, instead of thinking the worst about the other person, they're just taking the dog because they want to spite me, or you know, they're just trying to hurt me. To take a, a step back and ask, you know, even if you don't have the opportunity to ask the other person, but to take a step back and ask yourself. What is the best thing for the pet, and and why does that person think that it's it's the best for the pet? So be a little that. bit more objective in what looking in looking at what's best for the animal. And sometimes, as we were talking about with emotions, it's hard for us to take that step back. But if we can understand and get out of what we like to call the 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 emotional brain into the thinking brain, so we can actually get into that objective component of our brain and think clearly logically as we're talking about and not throwing those little digs in and you know just trying to kind of threaten and bring out the emotion in there um something is coming up uh, i listened to a um podcast and i guess yeah it's a podcast but it's on on stations dr rick warren uh, the daily hope and he often he talks about this that they they have a kind of a family rule 
I'm going to like your idea for five minutes. It mm. might be five seconds, but for every moment, you know, every idea, I'm at least going to like it for five minutes. But so often we hear something and we may not understand it. Right, Dr. Rob? And we immediately react to it. So what you're saying, Amy, is if I can go ahead and have that agreement on the table in my relationship and I may hear something, but it's not working for me. But if I know that I my tendency is to go into that emotional brain, I can stop for a minute. And I love what you said, literally take a step back and think through it and try to like it for five minutes. Find something good in it. I think that's kind of what right. you're saying. Is that what I'm hearing? Definitely. And, you know, and take a step back and think about what happens when I do what happens when I do win. You know, if I win, oh. I've got all the pets. I've, I've worked with somebody recently who uh, got the house and all the pets and then ended up having to give up the pets because he could not manage all the pets by himself. But he won. But he won. But he won, he won. and everything's good. And now everybody but no, loses. it's not. So what the two-minute tip said today was really thinking through this. And that's, as a divorce coach, that's what we really come along. We walk the path with our clients and we help them think through this, stepping out of that emotional brain into this objective, kind of logical way of uh, thinking. We are coming to the last segment, believe it or not. We've got another quick break, and we will be back with Amy Castro talking about communication and communication with a pets as a part of it. And with Dr. Rob, we're talking today, we're talking stress and pets and divorce. Make sure you don't miss the last segment. Come on back, and we will be right back. As the darkness dies, sunlight sweet, sunlight. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is meant to come alongside those considering divorce in the midst of it, coming out of it, and maybe help save some marriages. Many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives, whether they were going through divorce or they know someone who is or has. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. There are many professionals in the divorce process who want the very best outcome for those involved. These professionals include attorneys, financial analysts, mental health professionals, and those in the helping professions, real estate agents, title companies, churches, and those are only a few. For those touched by divorce, these professionals play a critical role in the outcome, and those going through this process need to know about them. Another goal of this show is to provide resources to listeners, including informing them about the professionals who can help. If you'd like to let our listeners know about you and your company and services, please contact us. We have corporate sponsor opportunities available. Call 281-944-8043 for more information. That's 281-944-8043. We want to help our listeners know about you and your business. Call us today to apply as there are some requirements. Call 281-944-8043. And we are back with Amy Castro, communication expert and pet specialist. And Dr. Rob Pennington, who's been talking to us about stress and emotions. And, you know, on the break, we were talking about this agreement. And we've been talking about agreement throughout the the program. And really, one of the steps in, in marriage or the dissolution of a marriage or uh, any sort of relationships is how important this agreement. I'm almost kind of wanting to go to this, this pre-agreement, right? And we were talking about how important it is to 
make an agreement about how to disagree. So how to handle disagreement. So we we're kind of getting that out in the open if, okay, I'm in a relationship with this person and any, any time, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're divorcing, okay, this isn't a good decision we need to make. We're going to make an agreement about how we're going to handle a disagreement. And so Talk to us a little bit more about that, Dr. Rob, is is how can we, and, and, and Amy, that's probably brings, you know, I want your feedback on that as well, is from that communicate, that practical aspect, just in communication, how can we put that out on the so-called table, you know, hey, I want to make an agreement about disagreements. I think it needs to be put in a big context. Okay. That relationships are defined by what we have agreed to. That's what defines the relationship, not how we feel with each other. But not very much, not very well clearly defined. Most of us don't no. do it at all. Right. But, you know, then that defines the relationship as very unclear. And, not <laughs> <laughs> and we're all set for divorce court right. then, right? But, we, we, <laughs> but we do assume that the person who loves us is going to agree to whatever we want. And you know what right? happens when we assume. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and so, this is a Christian station, so we cannot <laughs> say such things. <laughs> so you, you have a lot of areas for dealing with making agreements around how we deal with money. About you know, do we have a certain amount that we can spend without getting someone's approval? And that can always account, separate account. Yeah, you know, about children, about travel, about career, all kinds of areas. About and, the and, toilet paper, right, which way my, it goes. One of my chapters <laughs> in my book even has a worksheet on the types of agreements that you need to address. And that book is the Find the Upside of the Down, Down Times. Uh, by Dr. Rob Pennington, How to Turn Your Worst Experiences into Your Best Opportunities. Right. And there is a worksheet in this, yes. my friends. But not about the dis- things we're talking about right now, which is, I need to put that in the next ed- edition. But There you go. <laughs> the, how do we make an agreement about how we're going to handle disagreements? So I want to go back to that website, SuccessfulWorkRelationships.com, because there are three models there that is what I think is the most respectful way of processing a difference okay. of opinion, the three questions to end conflict, five levels of a clear communication, and six stages in reaching a supportive agreement. And so that's what you would agree to. So it would be really neat, wouldn't it be, in any relationship you're in, if in the middle of some frustrating conflict someone could say, listen, would you go through the five levels with me? Oh. Because we've agreed to use that tool okay. to help us understand each other. But that's understanding that you've already agreed to use that yes. tool. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. why we have to make an agreement about how we're going to handle disagreements before we have disagreements. <laughs> you know, it it really does sound like the smartest way to operate Absolutely. in any relationship. But we're we're always, you know, you know, in a romantic relationship, obviously we've got the emotions going and the People chemistry and all that. People paid me a lot of money over many many months just to teach them that. And do they ever put it into practice? Oh yeah, almost they do. Everyone, mm-hmm. okay, uh, because. I, of all the hundreds of people that I saw in couples counseling, only one I thought never actually loved each other. I think everybody else did. And it was so intense because one person's like, they don't love me and I'm so hurt and angry. And I'm thinking, well, you wouldn't be hurt and angry if you didn't love them. And they're so hurt and angry that you don't love it. So actually, they both love each other, but they're not feeling it. They're not feeling it. Therefore, I don't love you. Yes. And so Which that's not, not being true. responsible for how you're feeling, one. But it's also uh, not knowing how to process a disagreement. Hardly any of us grew up in a family mm-hmm. when we had a conflict, we ended up closer. Well, we were not we were not taught these things. No. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you can at SuccessfulWorkRelationships.com. Okay, say that slowly. <laughs> slowly. Successful work 
relationships.com. So it's geared towards corporations, but the models I developed out of working with couples. So you've got that those tools, those right practical there. tools. And we were talking about Amy's book, which is right there, Practical Communication. So Amy, as we're talking about this agreement, and, and now we're talking about pets, and you know we come to a place and the marriage is going to split up, and we're talking about custody of children, and, and obviously, you know, you've got the law involved there, and, and children uh, are so important in the marriage, and we must take care of them. But there are people like myself, where I was a stepmother of four, three who lived with us. Um, I, I kind of joke when I got divorced, um, people go, well, what happened to your kids? And, and I say, well, um, I don't have them anymore. And people look at me like, Whoa, what did you do? Right? I was like, they were his. I kind of couldn't take them. They were, <laughs> I was a stepmother, right? But we also had a pet together that we had gotten for the children. And there was no question as to who I, who, who was taking the pet. And, and I took her and, you know, I thought later, well, I might have maybe should have put that in the divorce decree, but I didn't even think about it because I was the caregiver. And luckily I was able to take her. There was no problem. And she had a good almost 16 years whom I just lost her this year. But with that, other people don't have it so easy. So how could we make an agreement? Who gets the pet, Amy? Well, I think, you know, sitting down and having a logical conversation about things like schedules, um, about who the animal is most bonded to. I think in situations where the pet, where there are children involved and they are actively involved with the pet, I mean, there's a lot of people that will opt that wherever the children go, the pet goes. And so sometimes because, well, most of the time, there's going to be shared custody of children and visitation. And so the pet is part of that process for a lot of people. And that you know, that works for a lot of people. So I think it really just depends on what is going to be kind of back to what I've been saying all along, what is going to be the best thing for the pet, given the situation. Which is, again, and I, I say it often, too, is we, we really want to make decisions from our best self. And we've, we go back to your book, Practical Communication, and then what Rob's talking about, these agreements, and, and going to the website he's referred to, that we have these tools that if we will take that moment and walk through this process and get to that place where we can have the logical conversation, the practical communication, then everyone is benefiting in a really tough time, like Dr. Rob's book, The Upside of the Down Times. Uh, and, and so we talked about the, the pets as going through this stress, so keeping mindful uh, about that. Um, how, what are some other things that we can be mindful of based on your communication expert? In, in, uh, t- talk to us a little bit about some of the tips you have in her book about okay. practical communication. Well, one of the things to play off of what Rob was talking about when you're talking about making agreements about how to, how to have disagreements. I mean, I've been married for 31 years, and my way to – and I think we're going to keep going. So, <laughs> well, um, good. You know, look, I it's looking so. good so it's far. It's looking good so um, far. <laughs> one of the things that I learned early on is that our way of expressing our anger or frustration or annoyance with one another mm-hmm. one another was very different. Um, in my house growing up, you just basically said the most ugly, hurtful thing that you could think of, and if you got the other person to shut up and back down, you won the fight. So ah. it was it was pretty ugly in so my So we were house. back to winning. That's right. We're back to all, always back to winning. And um, you know, one of the things that I write about in the book that I think if there was nothing else that anybody took away from the twenty five tips was using eye language. You know, using eye language yes. to communicate your emotions. You know, clearly stating what what the issue or the problem is that you're reacting to. You are 
reacting to you emotionally. Because like Rob said, your emotions are not created by the other person's actions. They're created by what you think about the other person's actions. And I've heard that before, and, and I often share that as well, is I feel this way because, right? Not right. you made me feel exactly. this way. So when you're thinking about it, you heard Amy talk about these I statements, is reframe everything into I statements. And I teach a class around the state of Texas, and I, I say the same thing because I learned it a couple of years ago, and I was like, wow, this is going to revolutionize my conversations. That's, That's huge. No, you, you're not doing this to me because I'm processing this emotion, but I'm feeling this way because this is what I'm seeing or this is what I perceive. This is what I think you're doing. Can we have a discussion about it? Can we make an agreement to understand how we're going to disagree and let's oh by the way use some i statements in there my friends i am so happy you guys have been here we have talked about stress and pets and divorce and how that all works together we've had some practical tips of uh, communication how to you know just breathe how to have practical conversations by focusing in on i statements um any final thoughts amy I would just say always, you know, try to do your best to understand that your perceptions are only your own reality and that your children, your pet, your spouse could be looking at it from a a very different perspective. And it's important to investigate and understand those perspectives before you make any decisions moving forward. Uh, That'll maintain whatever relationships that you're going to have from there on out. That best self again. And Amy, how can, if people want to find out more about you and your book and get your book, Practical Communication, uh, how do they reach you? Probably the best place would be to start at my website because okay. all of my I've got free resources there as well as you know information on how to get the book, um, my practical communication blog, which is a free weekly blog that I do on communication, kind of covers everything from business to what not to talk about at the Christmas dinner table, oh, so and everything in between. <laughs> and where what is your website? It's www.amycastro.com. And it's Amy Castro, C-A-S-T-R-O dot com, That's correct? right. And Amy spelled the old school A-M-Y. A-M-Y. That's right. <laughs> Good Keep old it simple. And Rob, final thoughts on how can people, how can our listeners reach you? Well, uh, first, I just want to say that you um, can't be right about everything. And your stress is evidence of an unlearned lesson. So just get curious about how to learn something that will reduce the stress. If you go to drrobspeaks.com, then you can access a lot of things. Also, stress, uh, speedthroughstress.com has a video and some workbooks. Okay. Speedthroughstress.com. So speedthroughstress.com and doc- Dr. Rob Speaks. Amy and Rob, thank you so much for being here. I have so enjoyed it. I know our listeners are going to get so much about it. You guys, reach out to them and and you know put some of these things in place and know that one of my goals as a divorce coach is to help people with their thinking about divorce. I'm your thinking partner. Listen into the Divorce Coaching Hour, whether you're considering divorce in the midst of it, coming out of it, or if you know someone faced with it. My guests and I are here to walk the path with you and provide you the information, insight, and support when you need it most. I've been there, maybe not in the same situation as you or someone you know, but I've been through the same challenges. And it's my heart and and really ex- want for you is to be able to have this show and this information and and move through this process in the best way you can and maybe even stay in your marriage. Thank you for listening in today. It's my prayer that this show helps you or someone in your life. Find us at the divorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. That's 281-944-8043. We're also on Facebook, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton. 
Thank you for listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton, Amy Castro, and Dr. Rob Pennington. I'm Christy Stratton, and I cannot wait to be here with you each Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word.